0: Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashew, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Network. Presented by Bet MGM.
1: Got the Sixers up 14 9 on the Hawks. 19 12 lead for the Hornets over the Raptors in the first quarter. Even those Pistons up 18 12. You faded our magic, though, Ryan. Why are you doing that? Oh, they can no. win. They just can't win by eleven. Okay, tonight. fine. Fair enough.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of points. <laughs> it's a lot of points. It's a
1: big number. Wish I would have got thirteen. That's where this
2: opened. I mean, but the Pistons are bad. I bet them the other night. That yeah. was a uh, bad, bad choice. The first three quarters look pretty good, but I don't know. Eventually, they're going to uh, win a basketball game, I would assume, <laughs> and or at least
1: compete in one. And they got a six-point lead here early, but we'll see. You know, they're just they're they're building up all a lot of good draft picks. They're trusting the process. It's just give them like five more years. They'll be fine. That's all they need. Ooh, the, that's the a, Pistons? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm <laughs>
0: convinced that they might be the worst. In the in the NBA, like organizationally, and over got, and above the Wizards,
1: yeah. and they've got yeah. talent too. That's well, the Wizards have a whole new front office, so yep. like before, you could maybe put them in that category. Now this
0: is a whole other thing.
1: Yeah, the Pistons are one thing. The Wizards they actually down like
0: two first round picks for Boyan Bogdanovich.
1: Yeah,
0: I, I don't even understand that. He's not on the timeline. He doesn't. I don't get it. Two first, crazy.
1: There are some. There. This is. Listen, you can have all the talent in the world in your roster. But if you got a bad uh, bad front office, it can ruin absolutely everything. All right, back to the NFL. Rick Stroud jumps on with us now. Tampa Bay Times, Falcons, Bucks coming up this weekend. We know we got a race for the NFC South, and really, Rick, it's like that's like one of the few divisions. It feels like that still is up for grabs around the NFL. But let's look at this game first. Bucks are two two point dogs. Totals forty one in this game. It's the Bucks are hard to figure out because it just feels like week by week, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get from them, especially offensively. I guess that's that's what you get when you have Baker. Mayfield but what do you expect from that offense this weekend against the Falcons
3: well I think you know they've run the ball a lot better of late and Rashad uh you know has done Rashad White has done a good job both catching and running um you know he has a chance to rush for a thousand yards I just think the offensive line is playing a little bit better uh Atlanta doesn't have Grady Jarrett I mean they're, they're missing some pieces on defense obviously uh, you know they've been around 20 points a game. I mean, there's there's nothing special in terms of you know the explosiveness of this team, other than really Mike Evans. But um, in a you know a must win, and this is a must win for the Bucks because if they were to lose, they'd not only be two games behind Atlanta, but Atlanta would have the tiebreaker as well. If they win, uh, everybody's in it again, right? Everybody's kind of kind of tied there. Um, so I expect them to play their best game. Now you know they're missing a few pieces on defense. Devin White, we're not sure about Vita Vea, which would be a big factor against that Falcons rushing attack. But um, this should be a very competitive, close game, and and I don't know that it's going to be high scoring.
2: When you look at Baker Mayfield this season, the counting numbers look pretty good. You know, he's completing 63% of his passes, 18 touchdown passes to just eight interceptions, has a QB rating of 90. Um, You know, what do you think... What would your evaluation, though, of Baker be? You know, like, obviously, he's probably not the long-term answer. He's 28 years old. But do you think he's the guy the next season, the season after that, even if they miss out on the playoffs? Because they played pretty well at times, you know, and then there's been some stinkers in there. But he's
1: been all right.
3: I think he's been better than all right for, yeah. for what they, they had. Um, you know, when you look at the free agents that came out, whether it was Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, those are $100 million guys. Baker's playing for $4 million. You know, this is a, a sort of a prove-it-one-year deal. Uh, And he's come in here, and he's done everything the right way. Uh, Of course, he's the Pied Piper in the locker room. Everybody follows this guy. He's very likable. And and he plays with sort of an offensive lineman's mentality, and and they love that as well. So, um, you know, he's protected the ball, I think, for the most part. Uh, He's under a, you know, it's a first-time play caller, which hasn't helped him. And Dave Canales is not only did he learn a new system, but – this guy didn't call play since carson high school you know 15 years ago so uh, there's a learning curve as well as when you you know you put in a system that's a zone running system it's taken a while for rashad white you know in that offensive line to sort of mesh uh, so so there's been some some hiccups along the way uh, but but i think he's been more than adequate and you know it depends on where they finish right if they're in if if, if they don't finish well and they're in the top 10 top 12 they may be looking at a quarterback in the first round, or even if they do, uh, maybe Baker is sort of that bridge to that young guy. So we'll have to see how it goes, but I know they've been very pleased with him, and uh, I know he likes Tampa. And look, this is his fourth team in 17 months, so yeah. I'm not sure he's looking to move on very quickly if he can avoid it.
0: I want to get your thoughts on Chris Godwin this week in the matchup that he has Uh, on paper. It looks like it's a, it's a great matchup for him, but there's been, as you know, some scuttlebutt about the fact that he wasn't really involved last week in the offense, zero catches, zero yards. His wife took to Instagram. Uh, You have Todd Bowles talking about it. Is this a spot where maybe they, they look to force feed him a little bit, just given where all of that is at.
3: Well, that's the one thing you don't want to do. And Dave, Canales talked about that, you know, because of all the, of the discussion, you don't want to force, force anything. I mean, actually the first play the first pass of the game last week was to Chris Godwin and he just didn't catch it. So um, listen, I, I think there's a lot of things that have contributed. First of all, he's had 80 something targets, you know, and, and he's got 606 yards, I think 50 something catches, which isn't horrible because you got to remember this team is not throwing the football 700 something times this year, like they did for the last two years under Tom Brady. Um, so they're trying to be a little more balanced there. And they, they've also changed his position. I mean, he, he was a slot receiver, you know, 60%, 65% of the time or more. Uh, they moved him outside. A, a good part of that was to protect him, uh, put him on the boundary, you know, uh, give him some protection with the, the injuries. He's been beat up a lot in his career, and not just the, the two knee ligaments, but shoulders and hands and all, all kinds of things. And now he's been playing with a, a neck, sore neck. So all that, you know, is to say that, yes, they they would have liked to have gotten Chris more involved at times. It, it's glaring when you don't have a catch in a game, and he has just one touchdown, and that's been the biggest thing. They're not, they've are not they not been a good red zone team, but we know who they look for in the red zone, and he's a pretty good option in Mike Evans. So, um, you know, it, but I, I think, you know, they've had discussions about it this week, which the last thing you want to do is force it. So I'll say this. Chris Godwin's had his best games in Atlanta. He had a uh, uh, you know, franchise record, 15 catches up there one day with Tom Brady. So he does enjoy playing on that surface.
0: Do you think uh, five catches, 50 yards is conceivable?
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I really do. I think that's that's right about, you know, I, I would think he could achieve, achieve that. That's sort of been what he's done more often than not. And, hey, with, you know, it, the way the NFL goes, you know, there's a discussion one week about something, and then the next week, it's forgotten since some guy goes off, right? And everybody's like, well, see, yeah, you had to get the ball to Chris Godwin. So I don't think they'll force it, but I know that Chris is motivated, and uh, this is a big game, and he's he's played in big games. And that's the thing I would say about uh, about both those receivers.
2: Uh, my favorite player to watch on this team is Winfield Jr. He's just been a defensive weapon this season. He's got three sacks this season. He had an interception late in the fourth quarter, three pass breakups. He also had eight tackles in that game, and he's on the final year of his rookie deal does uh, Tampa Bay pay him, or do you think he's elsewhere next year?
3: Oh, he's going nowhere, and if they have to, they'll franchise him. I mean, mm-hmm. Antoine Winfield Jr. has been their MVP on defense. He he is the uh, example, A, of how you play when you're in a contract year. <laughs> you come out, yep. and you make plays, and he can affect it at every level, right? He's a guy that has tackles for losses. You mentioned the sacks. He's had more sacks, and then he's defensive back since 2020. And, you know, and now we're starting to see him. You know, they, they had him down in the box a little bit more last year. They wanted to preserve him. He got nicked up a little bit. And they needed his ball ball skills as a center fielder. And you saw he absolutely clinched that game against Carolina with that interception. So, uh, yeah, he's going to get paid. Uh, you know, again, uh, the, the goal would be to try to reach a long-term deal with him. But I would say of all the free agents they have, and that includes Mike Evans at this point, uh, you know, he's he's priority number one and then they'll try to, you know, extend even though he's, he's got a fifth year option, but I think they'll try to extend Tristan Worfs as well. So those two guys in the same draft, pretty good players.
1: Talking to Rick Stroud, BetMGM tonight. Uh, the Falcons are really just not great when it comes to defending tight ends. Kate Otten has kind of been a roller coaster this year. It's like people certainly love to dive in on his props market and look at the yards and say maybe this is going to be the week I was looking at. It's, it's only 24 and a half receiving yards. He didn't have a single catch, nothing last week, obviously. But you go back to 45 against Indy, 49 against San Francisco. Does this feel like kind of a bounce-back, rebound spot? Because, I mean, Tennessee a few weeks ago, he then only had three targets, two catches, and 10 yards.
3: Yeah, it's difficult with Cade. I think part of it is the fatigue. You know, they play a lot of two tight ends. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's had games where he doesn't come off the field. Um, And so when you're playing that many snaps – um, you know, sometimes it's hard to run, you know, all those over routes and seam routes and things like that. Um, so that, that's been a big factor in it. And I do look for him to bounce back, though. You know, it, it's rare that, that he would go sort of this long. We saw him have a big day in Houston, you know, a while back when they scored 39 points. If K Dotten is catching the football, their offense seems to move a lot better because he's going to get the matchups, right? You're going to see the double teams on, on Chris at times, on Mike Evans, obviously. Uh, you know, some of the young receivers will come in and, and, and play in the slot. They can you know, take, take it deep. And that's when Cade can work some of those underneath uh, inside routes. And so, um, you know, usually, again, they'll, they'll go back and they'll look and see what happened against Atlanta in the first game. What plays do they leave off the table? And, and I think that, uh, that Otten is a, is, is a weapon that they've gotten away from um, but certainly he's capable of coming back in a big way.
2: You know, uh, just looking at the NFC just as a whole, you know, you have Philadelphia who won the NFC last year, but Brock Purdy obviously wasn't available in the NFC championship game. And then San Francisco just beat up on Philadelphia earlier this season. They beat up on Dallas. You know, when you look at the NFC as a whole, who uh, who gives San Francisco their best fight? Is it Dallas because we've seen them play them close in the playoffs the last two years, or who would be the team, you know, that you would take, uh, other than San Francisco, because right now in the NFC they just look like a perfect team.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be tough to beat them. Uh, you know the way Dallas is playing, uh, and of course they got they got smashed by San Francisco, but they certainly have the components right. Um, a lot's going to be on Dak Prescott, who, who you know there always is when you're the Dallas quarterback. But he's starting to do some things with his legs now, and 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 extend plays and be a little off off script a little bit more. And uh, I think he's, he feels great physically. That shows up. They just have so many weapons, you know, on that offensive side of the ball. And then defensively, uh, if you have to play a catch-up game against them where you have to abandon the run, you're in a whole lot of trouble. You know, uh, you know the Bucks, Tom Brady's last year, they, they limped into the playoffs. They were division champions. They just got smashed, um, you know, by, by the Cowboys and Dak. Um, so, uh, you know, them and or Philadelphia – I really think it's a, it's a three-team race. I'm not sure that Detroit defensively can hang with those those teams, you know, for a, for a, a playoff game. Um, so to me, it, it seems like it's going to be Dallas is going to be that other team.
0: You mentioned that this team uh, might take a quarterback if they're in the right spot draft-wise. Who do you think that's you know coming into the league this year would be the best fit for the Buccaneers?
3: Ooh, that's tough because again, I I just think that you know, you you don't know where you're going to pick. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a number of guys. Um, But if you're talking about, you know, playmakers, right. Uh, Guys that have have played at a high level and maturity level, I think Bo Nix is somebody, if you were to come out, you know, and, 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 you know, he'd be one Michael Penix is from Tampa. I think I'm interested in him because he could be a guy that could get a little later uh, in the draft. uh, But, you know, he's, he's got tremendous accuracy uh, the thing you worry about is the injury history obviously uh but a tampa guy that um you know w- would certainly excite uh the fan base with what he's done at washington and you know uh a chance to be you know uh, on that heisman stage as well so there's just a couple i mean I, I again if if the bucks were to lose and this thing goes south really quick uh that puts in in you know more in the upper echelons but right now we got them you know picking somewhere in the middle to the middle-bottom of the first round, just depending on how they finish the season.
1: Rick, still got about 90 seconds or so here. Earlier in the week, we were just trying to figure out, because there was an Adam Schefter, not really report, but he said something along the lines of there could be up to 10 coaching vacancies this offseason in the NFL. And we thought Tampa might potentially be one of those. Do you think that Tampa might make a coaching change this offseason?
3: I think it's very possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I like Todd Bowles a lot, uh, but you got to remember, you know, he kind of inherited this job from Bruce Arians. In the final year under Tom Brady, the team was pretty old. You didn't get a chance to pick his coaches or anything like that. They allowed him to hire some of his own guys. I think it was it was a big expectation to think that this team could could keep it together and thread that needle and win the division. Um, He's got them you know, with a win on Sunday. They're about where they were a year ago, right, with a chance to win it with nine or ten wins. Of course, they won it with eight, and they, they sat a bunch of people against Atlanta the last week. Um, if they don't make a run here and, and you know, they, they don't win many games, Todd Bowles just doesn't have enough of, of a background of winning as a head coach in this league to really maybe sustain uh, an extra year. So, you know, typically uh, the defense has been an issue at times. He coaches that side of the ball. And if you are going to draft a quarterback, you always get what you don't have, right? you got a defensive coordinator. If they do make a coaching change, it's going to be an offensive guy that they marry with a quarterback, so I think he knows what what's going on, and and uh, he's got to win some games down the stretch.
1: He's Rick Stroud, at Tampa good Bay stuff. Times. Great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Thanks for having me. You know I I really uh he's I good. like Bijan Robinson is one of the props I love in this game. They're starting yeah, to give him what? give him more touches. Tyler, yeah. I was
0: your eight the last yeah. time these two teams played. Yeah, that Bijon is true. Was sick.
1: That is true.
2: that feel- was
0: the that was the scary. That was like the the conspiracy game, wasn't it? Yep.
2: Yeah. Yep, yeah. when he didn't feel good yet, he was taking pregame photos with fans. And yeah. all of a sudden, he was out there in the fourth quarter on the most important snap of the game. Didn't make a whole lot of sense. No, I'm rolling with uh, Karpik, actually. I'm going to I'm gonna do the uh, Kyle Pitts ladder. I think Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts is finally going to break out and have a game. Maybe even get in the end zone.
1: How high are you going to go on this ladder? How high
2: are you going to climb? I'll go up to like 85. I don't okay. want to get too wild. Yeah, That's even pretty wild because Kyle Pitts, sometimes I forget he's even on this planet, guys. I You know same. who I don't forget about? Kalen DeBoer right there, coach there of the is. year. Marvin Harrison winning awards, my guy. I can't Jade wait to watch Daniels Marvin Harrison. Daniels winning the big one tomorrow night. Party at the Horvat House for highs. Heiz- wait, nope. Christmas.
1: No, no, probably. Can't,
2: can't do it. Gotta no. go to a stupid Christmas party. Christmas party.
1: Oh, poor guy. At least I'll be rich. BetMGM the night.
0: We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.